Hello and welcome to another episode of Found City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I am joined by Reese, aka the Reese Incarnate Bach Lesnar. Welcome, Reese. We are we're back. It's been when's the last time that we met? Two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? I feel like it's been forever. It feels like it's been forever. I think it's been like a week or ten days. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. What was our last episode even about? I can't even remember at this point. It was like uh, was, was it All Star Royals? Royals? Orlando Brown had just shown up to camp, I think. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did talks. What what's been going on in your life, Reese, that you could forget such precious moments? Do you do you have a dog and you're you have to take care of a dog and you have to get up at five a.m. or something or like what's going on over there, Reese? Yeah, dude, I've got a dog. Watch well, the last been going on. So Bowie's getting better and better. He's getting bigger and bigger. Uh, took him to the park this evening. Actually, we got a fifty foot lead. Uh, shout out to right now. Just shout out Joel Guzman, friend of the podcast. He uh. He and his wonderful wife allow uh, Bowie, Archie's brother, to come over and play with Archie sometimes in their gated Aww. yard. And it's so cute because, like, there's something about them that, you, like, you can tell those are, like, brothers. And they look, they both have the same coat but different colored. So it's like they look like brothers but they're distinctly different enough to be brothers. And the most recent time... Their older sister named Stevie, who has the same parents but was like a litter a year earlier, was there. So Stevie is just enough bigger than Bowie and Archie that like then you had this trichotomy of like big sister annoying little brothers and it was so adorable. Wow. So they roughhoused and just like ran around their yard for like 90 minutes straight and uh, (laughs) and Bowie's Bowie is just, he gets strung out looking, man. He gets all kinds of ratchet after playing with Archie. I've And like his, his fur is all matted with like, you know, spit and drool and all that stuff and mud. And <laughs> when we come inside, they're like, oh crap, one of the dogs are bleeding. And there's like some drops of blood down by the water dish. I'm like, I bet it's Bowie. And I go over there and like, of course, Bowie's bleeding from his mouth like he's rocking Fricky Balboa. Oh no. (laughs) Noel drives us home and he's sitting on my lap. He's being such a good boy. And I'm like, oh, Bo, you're so sweet. You played so well. Let him out of the car. He's sitting on the neighbor's lawn. And we're like, I'm just like, hey, Bowie, did you have fun tonight? And he just looks at me and then he looks down and goes, bleh. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Dinner. And I'm like, Bowie, you are all kinds of messed up right now. So, I mean, we took him inside, and he like he hit the hit the hardwood floor and was just out. It was so funny, but uh, all that to say, <laughs> shout out to uh, Joel for letting Bowie live his best life and give him a chance to run free, man. Because those Aussie puppies need all kinds of exercise, all kinds. Yeah, that's wild. Nelly Nelly will go on a like a twenty minute walk in eighty degree heat, and she'll just start to lay down and say, "Nope, we're done. Really, it's over." Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, fun. she gets so tired now. But as a puppy, like, well, we we had her when she was one, and she used to hop our fence. Like, really, there would be yeah, and I don't know if you ever went to that house. Uh, it was uh, in Waldo, oh, across yeah. from Casey Beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, you did. You helped us put Christmas lights on. Remember? Oh yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. It was Thanks the, for uh, doing that. Was the evening that Oklahoma lost to Georgia in that Rose Bowl, wasn't it? How do you remember that? Did we watch it at my place? We caught like the last 10 minutes of that game i think oh nice yeah so that was that was good that was good yeah so at that place our fence was like 
Almost seven feet tall. Jeepers. No, that doesn't sound right. Okay. No, let's say like, yeah, let's say like six feet tall. And she would clear that fence to like go hang out with the other dogs in the neighborhood. This and Well, keep going, keep going. Oh no, so I was gonna say like like this was when we like just got Nelly and we're like, great, we have a backyard, this is gonna be awesome, we'll just let her out. So like one day Logan had uh she had to go teach at like six AM, so she was gone, I was sleeping. And at like 7.30, I hear banging on my door. And I'm like, what the heck? And I, I go outside and there's this lady and she was like, hey, I just I just found your dog. And I think your dog was just rolling around in bird poop. So like I grab her and she's just filled, dude. And oh. it wasn't bird poop, but it was like dead bird. Oh, wow. And she was, she was just rolling around in it because whatever dogs like that smell. Yep. So like that was like one of the first times that we had like had that doggy door open because we had never had a dog that we were like okay we can just leave the doggy door open she'll go outside she'll have a good time like no dude every time she went outside she she tried to clear that fence wow. so she can just roam around free but the funny thing is like she she wouldn't run away she would just try to play and then she would come right back and just hang out by our front door wow like she like like you you know Nellie Nellie's like incredibly loyal and she's been through three different parents mm -hmm. so like all that trauma has like she will not leave your side even at the dog park Impressive. so that's nice because we never like if when she did run away she didn't really run away she just like wanted to play with a bird or something oh yeah that's amazing dogs are crazy man i have a question about your dog though yeah so uh, i uh, this can be a dub question but i don't know it uh does bowie know that those dogs are his family like can they recognize things like that so here's the funny thing we were wondering the same thing. Here's my two reasons why I think there's at least correlation that they know something is the first time we brought Bowie over to play with Archie. Joel and Kat said that uh, Archie, whenever he meets a new dog, gets like super hyper and like jumps on him. He's like, oh, I'm so excited to meet you. Uh, when they opened up the back door and let Archie in and he saw Bowie, they both had this kind of moment where like they stopped at each other's face and like sniffed this kind of just like wow kind of like angular sniff sort of thing and even if it's not like you're my brother i remember you there was some sort of like oh you're different you know sort of thing and when they met when bowie met stevie a few weeks later it was a very similar thing i guess stevie is usually like really reserved around new dogs but like she came mm -hmm. right up to bowie and like they did that same sort of like s sniffing thing so mm -hmm. i'm just like I mean, dogs, you know, got that, like, crazy Logan Wolverine sense of smell. So maybe there was, like, some sort of way that dogs can identify litter mates or at least, like, family members. Because it's like, yo, you've got the, you know, I don't know, you smell like peppercorn smell or something. I was going to say, like, their, their, their sniff is so intricate that they would have to smell something, like mm -hmm. body chemistry or something that would identify... But yeah, okay, well then I don't feel so stupid that I didn't know that because we still don't know. But if you do know, we'll have you on the podcast, but you have to donate on Patreon. Reese, how can they donate on Patreon or do all the other social media things they can do? All right, first is last. If you like what you're hearing and you also like the crispiest sports memes, go on and find us on Instagram at FountainCitySM. You can also find us on Facebook less used at Fountain City SM, Twitter, Fountain City SM, and don't forget about our TikTok at Fountain City Sports Media. If you really like what you hear and you say, hey, I just have to become part of something bigger than myself, by which I mean this podcast, 
you can donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM for as low as the cost of one cup of coffee per month. And we're talking Starbucks coffee prices, ladies and gentlemen. We have season zero. We have some exclusive beer interviews on there. We are also working through Speedy and Angry, our 10-part in-depth deep dive of the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, thank you for our Patreon supporters. We just posted a new episode of that this past Monday. It was uh, Fast and Furious. We are about to post uh, Fast Five, and actually Alex Nikolenko is going to be coming over tomorrow evening so we can watch, review, and podcast about episode six, Fast and Furious 6, or whatever it's called. So... <laughs> if you just can't get enough found city sports media content, you know where to go. It's patreon.com backslash F C S M. Excellent. And did, oh, sorry, did you say the like and all the social media things too? Yes. Okay. Excellent. I totally missed it because someone, I thought my, my room, not my roommate, but the people downstairs just messaged me and I thought it's cause I was being loud. But oh. it wasn't. It was something completely different. So we're good, ladies and gentlemen. This is live theater right now. <laughs> the play's the thing, man. What were they texting you about? Uh, they 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 just texted me a gif of um of um uh, what's that guy's name? Um, in Star Wars, he has my name. The the uh, man Mandalorian. What's oh. Boba Fett? Yeah, uh, which one, Boba know. Fett or uh, Dean Jarin? Or the guy that they the the uh, guy that they call Mondo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, he's from Mandalorian. Uh, yeah, Carl Weathers was like Mando, get over here. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. someone just sent me that with Baby Yoda, and they're like, "This is gonna be you and your child, dude. I love <laughs> it." That was it. But <laughs> I thought they were gonna tell me to keep it down, but I'm not keeping it down, ladies and gentlemen, because we have. Patreon people here that are donating their money and we have to serve the people every week We have content for you. Not only that, but we have that patreon content So today ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk about the Chiefs preseason game against the Bears A lot of great things happen a lot of players that stood out some that didn't stand out So what Reese and I are going to do we're going to go back and forth and talk about who we liked who we didn't like Uh, Maybe some young guys that we think might be able to start sooner than we thought they were going to start uh, because preseason is always fun, especially for us Kansas City fans, uh, because we have our, our our regulars and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. But there's always there's always at least like two guys from preseason that stand out and they make a difference during the NFL season. So Reese, let's go back and forth. Why don't you start first? Give us one guy that stood out for you, and I, let's start let let's start big and go small. So why don't you start with someone from the first team? Uh, someone that, that 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 we know is going to be a standard dude. And then, what do you think? I'm going to say someone that really stood out to me in a good way. He wasn't spectacular, but just his motor kept him going. And he seemed to be there on every play that he was on the field. And I'm, of course, talking about our first-round pick, defensive end, George Karloftis. It, it just seemed like that guy was everywhere all the time. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. Dude, Karloftis, like... I already knew that he was he was fast, but to watch him like with game speed, he is he his motor is always going. Like like even if he doesn't beat his defender, he is still scrappy and trying to get away at all times. So I think, and and I also think that there was a, a like a lot more pressures than it looked like on on the tape. I think in real time, 
Karloftis is going to have so many QB pressures, maybe not a lot of sacks, because he's not big and like didn't seem to get away from the defender that often but he's definitely pushing the the uh, the defender towards the towards that QB zone right there when when it's in the pocket so I really loved his performance and I and just his motor like to have a a big motor guy on defensive end is perfect for a spags defense um I don't know if he's going to start week one like Carlos Dunlap looked pretty good as well uh but I think in the future like George Karloftis is the guy I'm buying all the George Karloftis stock. I agree. I think one thing that really stood out to me was the fact that uh, he was playing a lot of his snaps opposite Mike Dana and Joshua Kando and those other guys. He didn't have a lot of snaps with Frank Clark. So it really mm-hmm. was him doing a lot of the heavy lifting. You brought up a really good point too: the fact that uh, much like we've described McDuffie as somebody that kind of like herds the defender into the zone that he wants him to go towards. Karloftis did that a lot in this game. I have it written down a few times. These are just random notes from random plays, but I wrote down Karloftis sheds two guys and still chases after Fields when he rolls out, even though he doesn't have you know a chance to sack him, but he was getting pressure on him. And then, of course, Karloftis' great sack on third down. The guy didn't just quit. He beat his man twice, got to the inside, and took Fields straight down. Like, I'm with you. I don't think he's ever going to be like this crazy blitz havoc rushing kind of guy, but I think he could be a really good job at directing the quarterback and taking away a half the field, setting the edge and doing all those things we need him to do. Yeah, and and it's it's very important for like people to realize that we don't need him to be, you know, to have like eight and a half, nine, ten sacks, but we need him to wreak havoc wreak havoc on that side of the field so that Chris Jones and Frank Clark can cook right because if now everyone doesn't have to shift to the left side to protect Chris Jones if George Karloftis gives enough of like uh, of a headache for the people on the right side of the field it's going to be huge for for us especially in the playoffs um speaking about the defensive line i'm, I'm going to go to mine this one's just an obvious one chris jones looked great on that first job on that first drive oh yeah like like if you think about it it was last year when when it was still a question whether he was going to be a hybrid defensive and defensive tackle so dumb <laughs> so dumb right which and and i think I think Chris Jones looks bigger this year. I don't yes. like I don't have any stats on that, but I feel like he had to manage his weight last year in order to play defensive end. And now during this offseason, they told him like you know, during his exit interviews, you are going to be defensive tackle. We need you to build like it again. So I feel like last year, not that he gets a mulligan for being smaller last year but i think now that he is definitely a defensive tackle this year he looks bigger he looks so strong on that first drive and and he did get that sack and that's a pretty decent chicago bears offensive line it's not great but it's a pretty good line so to see chris jones already with the fire like makes me feel really excited especially with his body size being maybe not hugely different than last year but different enough that it made an impression to me no you're absolutely right he looks like a defensive tackle again whereas last year i heard i think he normally sits anywhere from about 310 to 315 and i think last year he was down closer to 300 to 305 to try and play that defensive Hmm. end and just the way matters he, he, he just wasn't fast enough and that's the thing and there was a lot of talk in the first six weeks of last season when they were doing that and that defense looked so lost on so many different aspects that they're like yo they forced chris jones to you know change his body type change his game up and not only is he a bad defensive end, 
they've kind of wrecked him for playing defensive tackle for the rest of the season. And honestly, we saw it. You know, you you heard me plenty of times ripping on Stone Cold Jones and all that stuff and the nation of Sack Nation or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this game, uh, on that very first drive, I said Chris Jones wins a 1v1 to blow up a play on third and medium. What? Yep. Where was that last year? He does that <laughs> once in the game against the Bengals. We're going to the Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so that's so that's why I'm encouraged because he looks good. It was against good competition. Um, again, a different body type, which is great. Let me do one more obvious one, and then and then I'll give you one to like expand on. But Patrick Mahomes looked great too, man. Oh yeah, Patrick Mahomes was throwing in the pocket. He looked calm and cool. I remember last year I was making a joke during preseason. I think I was with you for the first preseason. Was the Vikings game the first? No, because I saw the 49ers. But anyway, you and I watched a game together uh, at your place. Mm-hmm. And I was joking that Patrick Mahomes didn't look comfortable in the pocket. But the more like the actual season came about, the more that that was the truth is that like Pat didn't look comfortable in the pocket and he wanted to roll out because that's what he's normally doing. Not that we saw a different Patrick Mahomes in preseason, but like it looked very easy for him. Where last year in the preseason, it did not look easy for him to throw in the pocket because like he's just so used to rolling out. Um, but I, I saw this this. I don't know. He looked calm. He looked cool. He, there was there was a clear plan on offense. I know everything's very scripted in preseason, but still, like those are very encouraging things against a pretty good Bears defensive line. Like they are no joke. I actually was really impressed by the Bears D from like from quarter one to quarter four. It was it was very impressive. Uh, but no, Pat looked good. He was making the right throws, making the right reads again uh, with a whole new offense. So I think those that were saying, no, oh, Patrick Mahomes not going to be good anymore because Tyreek Hill's gone. I'm like, nope. I think he looked pretty comfortable with all those guys there. What do you think, Reese? I absolutely agree with you that Patrick Mahomes seemed to be back in his rhythm. I think part of it is he's trusting his offensive line more. He's not bailing out of clean pockets the way he was last year. But I think also we have to call a spade a spade, and we've been talking about this in the offseason, and that's the fact that we might not have a Tyreek Hill-level wide receiver, but the aggregate average of all of our wide receivers in the core has gone straight up. Just for an example last year, I don't know who you would say our wide receiver two is, but at the very least, our wide receiver three all year was Demarcus Robinson. Demarcus Robinson was just <laughs> cut by the Raiders today. Yes. Someone who can't even make the Raiders was our wide receiver three all of last year. And I was, you know me, I was one of the biggest Byron Pringle truthers for the longest time. I'm not too ashamed to say Byron Pringle got his chance. I was wrong. Byron Pringle was not that guy waiting for his opportunity. So we have a guy who gets cut by the Raiders. We have a guy who gets picked up by the Bears who won't see any playing time, and we had McCall Hardman. That was our receiving core. So far this season, Sky Moore showed up with a few nice grabs in that preseason game. That toe-tap reception he had, beautiful. Marquez Valdez-Scantling also looking very good. He was a hit arm away from pulling in a very nice long touchdown pass on that first drive. And uh, at first I was kind of like, come on, Pat, did you really get hit in the arm or did you just throw that pass? Nope, they've got the frame. Dude gets hit in the arm as he throws that, and if not, that's six points right there. Uh, I think this might be jumping ahead a little bit. But I promised myself I wouldn't get hurt again. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. I promised promised that Byron Pringle was the truth. 
but I wrote this down. I heard this guy's name all throughout camp. I heard a lot of talk, and I'm like, oh, they probably... Jalen Watson? No. I said, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, I wrote down my notes. I said, so is Watson not bad? <laughs> I mean... Dude, I I have Jalen Watson. Well, actually, there's there's two Watsons. There's also a really good Watson on defense. <laughs> that's that's why I, that's why I stopped really quick. I'm like the guy on defense. I'm like, no, why, no. <laughs> and and I like could have sworn that that they also had the like same number or it's like two numbers off. And I'm like, come on, come on, guys. Yeah, yeah no, Jalen Watson. I also have him down here at least five times on my notes. Oh no no here's here's a, Justin Watson is the offense. Oh one. crap. That, okay, oh, I'm not going crazy. We can't I'm like, have a Jalen Justin Watson. and a Jalen Watson. Come on, Kansas City. No, it's it's okay. Drop, drop Jalen. No, I'm just kidding because they're both good. Continue, Reese. Uh, well, I mean, we can talk about Justin Watson a bit more here. Five receptions, 45 yards, and a touchdown. And that was playing yeah. with Shane Buchel under quarterback against what was mostly the Bears' first team defense. Still, yeah, they were they were lighting him up. <laughs> well, so here here's the story on the guy. I know people are like, oh, he got cut from Tampa. How good could he be? He didn't get cut from Tampa because he was bad. He got cut from Tampa because Tom Brady didn't like him. And not that Tom Brady yeah. like hated him and froze him out, but Tom Brady showed up. And as Tom Brady is you know, prone to do, he's like, no, I like Evans. I like Godwin. I like Gronk. I'm not going to throw mm -hmm. to Justin Watson. So it's just like, okay, so he's not going to throw to Justin Watson. He can't put up stats because you know, Brady's not looking for him. Doesn't mean this guy can't ball. How many times have you seen reclamation projects like this where it's like, how could you... Guys, even like Hunter Renfro, where it's like, how could nobody want this dude and now he balls out? And truth be told, I saw a lot of Cooper Cup and Hunter Renfro in Justin Watson's game. He's a lean, mean, six foot three, about 215 pounds. He's got a nose for the ball, high points it like a freaking bloodhound. Yeah, I mean, he's slated to make the cut as wide receiver five, so I'm not expecting, you know, 1,000-yard season or even, like, 600-yard season. But it's like, is this a reliable, fairly big-bodied target we can throw to on third down? Yeah, I, I, I hope so, because he, again, like, Shane, Shane Buchel had a tough time back there. So some of those throws were not very good, and Justin Watson made it look very good. He's quick, he's agile, He's athletic. I mean, I don't understand. I, I mean, I, I get that Tom Brady didn't like him, but when you have those weapons, especially when you're Tom Brady and you're nearing the end of your career, like, like I, I couldn't believe that we just got him for nothing. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. I'm very excited for Justin Watson. And like you said, he's going to be wide receiver five. So we don't need him to be the cowbell. We don't, you know, but like you said, we can put him in situations to make him successful, to gain his confidence. I would love to see him in the second preseason game um, play with the first team just to see how Patrick Mahomes plays with Justin Watson. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but it would be nice to see some reps with both of them and see what they can do. Oh, yeah. And I mean... <laughs> I feel bad saying this. I feel like I'm just listing off like the gamut of white wide receivers right now. But it's like, how many? Honestly, for the last like, Reese, why don't you like white white wide receivers, dude? I don't know. Maybe it's because I just hate myself. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> so it's like, how many times in the last five ten years have you seen guys like Cole Beasley and Wes Welker not be putting up video game numbers? But they're always there on third and medium 
and they're wide open and they're the ones that extend that drive. And it's like, oh my gosh, how are we letting this guy beat us? And it's like, well, because they're talented wide receivers and you're sleeping on them. And I think Justin Watson could be that guy for us, all truth be told. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. And we will we will see what happens. Um, let's talk. Let's see. Who do I want to talk about? How about let's... Uh, yeah, I don't know if anybody else stood out to me in a good way. Just a few more kind of little blips on the radar that I think are worth talking about here. Uh, on the offense side of the ball, Doris Fountain in that two-minute drill towards the end of the first half. He finished with three receptions, 24 yards. I think there's a good chance if we keep six wide receivers, he's probably fighting for that number six spot. Again, he's another deceptively big-bodied wide receiver, man. I think he's just about six foot two, six foot three. He's got a nice frame on him, decent hands. I don't expect him to move the needle, but he'd be great wide receiver depth. Yeah. Another guy to look into here, uh, my boy, my camp crush, Isaiah the Truth <laughs> Pacheco. Don't forget about him. He was taking snaps with the first team, and the minute the first team was off the field, guess who else was taken out of that game? Isaiah Pacheco. That tells me... Pacheco. That, Pacheco, baby. That tells me they didn't need this game to see what he could do, and they saw enough of what he could do, and they have confidence in what he can do. Now, he did not light it up statistically. Two carries for six yards, but both were plays where you know there was nothing there for him. The highlight play, though, was in a short little one-yard pass to the flats that should have been, no pun intended, chopped down at the knees. He takes contact the from tackle. the defender. Yeah, broke the tackle and plowed through and made a one-yard gain into a five, six-yard gain. Dude, we haven't had that kind of contact balance since Kareem Hunt was here. That's crazy. I cannot wait to see what he's going to look like once he gets some more reps and once they're actually dialing in, you know, not just throwaway running plays for him. Yeah, he 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 looked big. He looked quick. He looked balanced um, and agile, which is like all great traits. But yeah, I definitely would have wished we saw more of him. Um, and there were a, a couple broken plays that I was like, yeah, we'll see what happens. So I want to see more reps before I make a, a big decision on it. But I was very impressed by his his broken tackle because we haven't seen CH break it. Have we ever seen CH breaking a tackle? I don't think so. I think there was like <laughs> one at the goal line against the Steelers in the playoffs. And was like, yeah, see, he can break tackles. And I'm like, dude, can do like it. a broken clock is right twice a day, man. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so with so so with Pacheco, like if this is a common trait that we are going to see, then I'm very very excited. Kind of um, in in step with that, I was not excited or was disappointed by the other running backs. Um, more more specifically, oh. Ronald Jones and Derek Gore. Like oh. Derek Gore didn't look very good at all, man. And I was just like, we loved you last year. Like we were comparing you to the other to Frank Gore, but he did not look good. You know, I have I have written down here Gore dropping everything. Yeah. I don't had, have the two drops, and he had a lost fumble. Oh my goodness! It it was that was bad, guys. That was really bad. That was not just like oh, did he show enough to make the running back stable? No, he looked bad, like shockingly so, considering what we had seen last year. Ronald Jones, another one equally bad, dropping passes, completely whiffed on a pass pro assignment. Wound up getting the quarterback walloped. Dude, are either of those guys making it out of training camp or are they practice squad fodder? They getting cut? Um I don't I I think 
I think Andy Reid likes to have like four running backs. So if we think CEH, Pacheco, I'm assuming Ronald Jones, even though Ronald Jones didn't look good. And then maybe Jared Jared McKinnon. So Derek Gore would be the odd man out in the in the four running back roster. Um, even though I would I would in my gut I would take Derek Gore over Ronald Jones, but because Ronald Jones has more of a reputation, they'll keep him. But like Ronald looked kind of small during that preseason game. I remember him looking pretty big when he was on the Bucks and like like remember that one play everybody everybody goes to. He had like an eighty yard. Um, rushing touchdown last year and he just he looks like like derrick henry and he didn't look that way so i don't know if he he came to camp out of shape um something happened there but he did that did not look good i agree i had the same thought too i'm like has ronald jones always been this small it's like Mm -hmm. i always remember him being kind of like diet leonard fournette bill you know right pretty big pretty tall pretty strong but oh man he looked small he looked slow He, he didn't look like he was playing for his life which he very well might be I, I think if I had to call the running back stable right now I think what we're going to see is something pretty akin to a 1A 1B Clyde and Pacheco third running back being Jarek McKinnon and then probably stashing Derek Gore on the practice squad and maybe cutting Ronald Jones he was what a one million dollar mm-hmm. contract eat that and get rid of it yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if Andy Reid's ever had only three running backs, though. I think I think he might still implement the four, but it depends what they do with Michael Burton. Like, I don't know if they count Michael Burton in that in that running back role, and Michael Burton was pretty good um, at that game too. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see what happens, but I would like to see more of Ronald Jones, and maybe he's just out of shape, and because he looked good when he was in the box, so. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, what else do you have, Reese? Any any other any other standouts, good or bad? Yeah, I've got some bad standouts here, unfortunately. Uh, first off, this happened twice in the first half with Justin Fields. Uh, really good throw by Fields, but Snead wound up getting mossed regardless. Mm-hmm. It kills me that our corners still struggle so heavily with jump balls. And even later on in that, I think it was the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter, how did Williams not get that pass breakup? I think it was at the end of the first quarter. Because oh, every, yeah, he looked bad. It was shades of the Bengals game again. And it's this has been an issue since, I think, 2020. Uh, shout out to Sam and Dave when we went and saw the Ravens and the Chiefs. And Lamar Jackson had those two throws where like he was literally just falling over and threw the ball straight up in the air. And like our defenders couldn't high point it or even knock it down. So what I'm saying is everything was executed perfectly. The QB was hit as he threw. The secondary was able to jump the route, and it should have been a pick six, but instead, somehow, no sack and no hand on the ball. It's just like, guys, you can't keep showing up a day late and dollar short like this. That's what's going to ultimately kill us again this season, like it did last season. Yeah, I mean, I... I don't think we have to rely on people like Williams, though. Like, hopefully this McDuffie... Um, Rashad Fenton Sneed combo sorry I was forgetting people's names that combo hopefully is going to be on the field more often than not and not guys like Williams not guys like Watson um, who are showing up in preseason so 
I don't mind the secondary and, and where it stands right now. I think if we see more inconsistencies from Sneed and maybe some inconsistencies from McDuffie, then I'll be worried. But I think we'll be okay there. Well, just speaking of secondary getting burned, uh, here's another thing. Do you remember Devin Key? Of course. Dude. <laughs> Did you get cut? Devin... Remember when he was supposed to be like the sneaky camp crush darling last year to like maybe <laughs> yeah. start opposite? And like in the preseason, we watched him play. We're like, oh man, okay. Yeah, he doesn't have it yet. He's, he's putting it together, but he doesn't have it. Dude, Devin Key gets burned in coverage yet again. Uh, I think it was the Bears' second touchdown. It's just hard to believe that he was like the sleeper guy last year, and all we've ever seen is him just getting like Sorensen levels of torch <laughs> all the time. I think he, I wonder if he's gonna get cut. Yeah, I, I bet because we're we do have a lot of depth there. I mean, they just cut Lonnie Johnson, who like they signed from the Texans. It's not even like a young dude. Yeah, um, very good point. So yeah, I mean they're just they're just piling up. They're seeing what sticks, and if they don't stick, you're out. Um, unrelated, I actually thought Justin Fields looked good. Just, like yeah. I think I think he played well, and, and and a little fantasy tip for people out there: I think Darnell Mooney is going to be wide receiver one for the Bears, which means even though Darnell Mooney's not like fantastic, he's going to get a lot of a lot of opportunity to be successful and just going to get a lot of passes so i would look at darnell mooney as like a flex play if he's still on the board for you like during your flex or wide receiver two i think he's going to get a lot of a lot of work yeah i liked how justin fields looked too i i still see more in justin fields than i do in trey lance uh you oh know, yeah totally fields got a pretty good arm he's got a deceptively nice build on him he seemed a little more comfortable out there than he did last year he didn't seem like he was running for his life as much Although, man, I'll tell you what, maybe he wasn't running for his life because he didn't want to take too many steps on that just awful field. It was <laughs> dude, it was terrible. Did you hear Andy Reid call the field conditions out? No, what happened? Oh, man, what was the actual quote? He said something like, you know, Reid tries not to speak ill of anybody, but he was just like, yeah, we weren't happy with those field conditions. And it was just like, yo, he wasn't pulling any punches. And I think it's uh, Cairo Santos, former chief, Bears kicker now. He's been practicing kicking at public parks to simulate. Oh, the I poor saw field that. Conditions. Yeah. Oh man, I that's mean, that's embarrassing. Can't spell embarrassing without bears, I guess. But <laughs> I, I feel bad. I hope they. Do, I really hope they don't move the Bears to Arlington Heights. You know, because that's like forty-five minutes outside of Chicago. Yeah, and then that that goes the like baseball route. You know what I mean? Which the NFL shouldn't, right? The NFL's still like the biggest market in the world, mm -hmm. whereas. Baseball, I get it. If you move out 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 of a city, right, and you go like the, the Braves just did it. Um, I think Arizona is eventually going to do it. Um, Kansas City is doing the opposite because Kansas City is cool. But like with the NFL, it's like it's still an incredible market. Like you shouldn't you shouldn't move your stadium. You should keep it in the city. Oh yeah, like the the Foxborough Patriots. Yeah, list goes on. Mm -hmm. The Santa Clara 49ers. <laughs> dude it's rough i don't i don't want that and that's why i don't want the chiefs moving out to overland park because i know everyone's like oh it's it's not much farther away than you know jackson county like, no it's it's way farther away than jackson yep. county did you gotta drive to get out to the legends yeah no thank you no mm -hmm. thank you pass um anybody else reese uh because i'm actually kind of fresh off my list i mean i have some like small things but those those were kind of the big things that i wanted to talk about what else you got yeah i would just say uh you know one little 
Kiss to send it off on a positive note. Kalen Saunders with a nice move beats his man and chased down the running back from behind. Seeing a little yeah, bit of that explosiveness we wanted to see from Mr. Western Illinois backflip defensive tackle right there. <laughs> I, I know he was injured a lot last year, so he didn't really have the uh, the sophomore season we kind of all hoped he would. But, I mean, it would be nice if we had a little bit of depth on that defensive line, especially with that athleticism and explosion like he has. So here's the hoping for good things from Kalen Saunders. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing a little bit that um, – I don't think this defensive line is going to be elite this year. No. But I'm disappointed because I think they built it that way. Like they 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 were not trying to make it into an elite like section of our defense. They were just trying to develop depth. So like we have a bunch of good B minus players, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, on that defensive line that is going to fill that role that you know Spags does on that D line, rotate, 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 which you don't see a lot from other defenses. But since Spags does that, his goal is not for them to be elite, but to just have a lot of depth. But me as a fan, I would love to have elite players on that line instead of like Dunlap, Dana, Saunders. Uh, Tershawn, I actually love Tershawn Warden, but like you, you, you know what I mean? Like f- we have five different rotational players that could play a prominent role. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a very good point. We'll see if they shore that up at the, uh, at the draft. Um, you know, one, one last thing. I know I just said one last thing. I'm going to end this on a sad note. Uh, our offensive line seems pretty thin depth wise. Uh, yeah, they got, yeah. Could, could Kennard did not look good, by the way. <laughs> no. Um, Kennard is going to be a guy that's going to take some time. I think we all drafted him. He had the, you know, the angerness to him. He's like, oh, I got underdrafted. I think we're like, yeah, you did get underdrafted, SEC Offensive Lineman of the Year. No, this is a guy who was projected to be a right guard. I think we brought him in to play right tackle. He just mm-hmm. ain't ready yet. And I think we all hoped he would magically just, like, be a dynamo the way that Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith was. But we got to remember, Trey Smith, six-round draft pick, was a unanimous first-round talent if not for the blood clot thing so it was always there with trey smith it w- there was never right. a question about his skill it was a question about his health and uh now canard's got a <laughs> he he's probably gonna redshirt this year they're gonna have to work on him and he's uh gonna yeah have to he, work, he, work. he looks he's slow like he's big and impressive like when he is body to body it is very nice but like <laughs> like come on like um uh, what's his name? Von Miller. Someone oh. matched up. Like it. It's it's good night, Kennard. Oh, you know? dude, Crosby, Bosa. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my yeah, goodness. No yeah. So we will wait to see what happens with him. Uh, I like uh, un unrelated to the preseason game, but we now have defensive tackle Danny Shelton. Have Have you seen videos of Danny yet? Dude, he's he huge. is massive. He's a massive huge. They're just like, all right. Well, Spags is like, eh, just bring him in, whatever. We'll see what sticks. Can we stick you on the line and just be like a giant body, please? <laughs> oh my goodness, he looks like a creative player from like Madden, where it's just, yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, create dude, a- if you like pair him up against uh, George Carloftis, Car- and George is like, for like NFL standards, he's very big. Danny Sheldon looks twice his size. Oh yeah, absolutely. Do we know how big Danny uh, Danny Sanders is? Shelton. I'm sorry, Danny Shelton is. So I think Kalen Saunders still. That's okay. Um, He's got to be do, 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 like do. every bit of 340, right? At least. Yep. You right on the nose. 344. I should work at the state fair. Hey. Yeah. Six two three forty four. Good <sighs> lord. Goodness. 
Oh my goodness. Well, there you go. Spags likes some. He pick. uh he won a Super Bowl with the Patriots too. Did he really? Mm-hmm. Well, he's got that Patriot way, man. There you go. <laughs> All right, man. Anything else before uh before we send it off? Not really. I'm looking forward to watching the second preseason game. I think this one was enough to whet my appetite, and I'll be interested to see uh, what, what the Chiefs decide to show in the second game. Uh, I remember last year, it was the second preseason game, the first half when the first runners were in, the, the game was feed it to McColl. So I'll be interested to see if they do anything to try and feature some player or get another player some reps or try out some different things on offense. But looking forward to it. Yeah, I would. I would love to see some more Pacheco. I'd love to see some more Sky Moore because I like we've seen enough of Juju, uh, um, M- MVS. Who else am I thinking of? Yeah, no. I would. I would just love to see more of these young guys play, uh, particularly on offense. Mm-hmm. I think on on defense, like fine. We're gonna see a lot of Snead, um, but other than that, I'm not really super excited about any like you know, third round, fourth round, fifth round defensive players, but I'm really excited to see what we can do with Sky Moore and Pacheco. But we'll see, man. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening today. Uh, We will have another episode when we break down preseason week two. I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about then. Uh, But in the meantime, go ahead and give this, this podcast a download, give it a like, give it a comment, and we'll see you next time. Peace. We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media.